Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. This is the Red Bud wrap-up. That's right, folks, Red Bud. Round 7, Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Series is coming gone. And, yeah, it's late. Yeah, it's Wednesday, but better late than never. Okay, so just back off on Twitter. Here's the wrap-up, all right? BTOsports.com. Use the code PULPMX when you're checking out to save yourself money. Justin Brayton is on the BTO Sports KTM team along with Andrew Short. And they got no OEM parts now. they got anything you need for your bike or body. They've got it. International shipping. Check them out. they got some free shipping if you spend over a certain amount if you're from another country. And if you are from another country, you weren't there for July 4th, Redbud. Yeah. And Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. If your dealer doesn't carry Fox, maybe you should get another dealer because they should all be carrying Fox. Foxhead.com. And uh, we thank those guys, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear with Roxon and Dungey and more. And they all ran some new Flex Air stuff this weekend from Fox, always coming up with new things. So like I said, one of the reasons this is on a Wednesday and not on a Sunday is because we've had trouble getting everybody aligned. Jimmy Albertson, MIA, Zach Osborne. Can do it, but only during certain times. Jason Thomas out hawking the new Fly Racewear gear uh, on the east coast of the country. So it's myself and Jason Wygant this week. What's up, Weege? Yeah. You said Osborne was probably duct taped to a mountain bike. Yeah, and we can't blame Osborne because he was never a part of this in the first place. It's not like he let us down. We yeah. were just looking for any option we could come up with. Yeah. And I thought it was an awesome conclusion to the last two or three episodes of this talking about your relationship with him on this podcast. So we almost got him on, but he wasn't going to be able to do it until tonight, and it's Wednesday. Yeah, so one of these weeks, though, Jay. I think Zach would be an excellent uh, I think part so of the too. program. I think so, too. And, of course, yeah. uh, yep. um, Albertson's MIA. He's not answering texts, and JT's busy. So whatever. It'll just be me and you. Let's just do this. Um, yeah, what screwed it up was, uh, the, uh, honestly, the July 4th holiday type thing. You took Sunday to go to a baseball game. Um, every year, there's a literally every holiday every year. Uh, the full time staff, like myself, or Rex, we get a company wide email that says, uh, "Dave and Carrie have elected to give you, you know, we're getting Labor Day off or Friday before Christmas or whatever it might be, a holiday, right?" right? Mm-hmm. And my answer is always, "Sounds good. Can I put a close sign on the website?" <laughs> I never get those days off. No, never get those days off. Yeah. So, by the uh, grace of God, now that I have to watch uh, all NASCAR races. Uh, the NASCAR race on Sunday night was um, delayed. It didn't end until 3 a.m., which gave me plenty of time to do all of Monday's Racer X work Sunday night, which then allowed me to actually take a holiday off uh, Monday. So I was out Monday. You were out Sunday. Mm-hmm. We tried all day to get JT yesterday. So basically, if it were not for the holiday, I think we would have been good. So we'll we'll be all right. Yeah. I think at Millville, I hope. 
And by the way, I was I voted to just scrap this review, and you said let's do it. Let's forge ahead. So people, you have Wygant to thank. So, um, all right, Redbutt, uh, great day of racing. Exciting. Lots of things going on in both classes. Uh, track was prepped pretty good. July 4th holiday, like I said. It was a really good day to be watching a motorcycle race. Um, like I said, not not balls hot and uh, prepped well. And Yeah, it's one of those tracks. We, I mean, we talk about it. Everyone says Red Bud's their favorite, blah, blah, blah. We've gone on and on about different tracks. But, you know, it's just one of those days. It's it's with the holiday, I think, and everything else. The fans are, are so much into it, man. The there's more fans around the podium at Redbud probably than any other national. And I sure some of it's because of again that holiday and, and uh, some celebration, but um, it's still it's still a great race. Yeah, and uh, this one actually came up big pretty much in every category. We also have the live NBC show every year at Redbud and usually two other well always two other rounds. Usually Unadilla, sometimes high point, this year is Muddy Creek. Uh, anyway, uh, those three NBC shows are big as far as there's a much bigger audience. It's a really good chance to grow motocross in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, Redbud always looks cool, and the jump's cool, and the crowd is good, so that always makes it look good. But we all know what everybody really wants, and that's good racing. And you don't always get that. Um, so yeah. I think what really topped this weekend was seriously all four motos uh, were interesting. Like, it was a really a showcase. If you want to show someone this is what the sport I love is like, uh, those four motos would be an awesome way to do it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Justin Barsha gets another win. And um, you read my observations column. You have to read it. You're my editor. Yeah. Um, yes, I did. It's it's one of those things, though. Like, look, I, we talked about it on the Pulp Show, and, you know, people were saying I was a little off. But, look, he but Justin Barsha was getting worked to start the year. Now, if you want to say it's because of his injury and his late start or whatever, that's fine. I'll give you all that, but he wasn't even in the same zip code as Dunge uh, beginning of the year, and and even Kenny uh, at Glen Helen, let's say they kind of dropped him in the one moto. Um, it's one of those things, but you know he wins in the mud. He rode terrific, and that's what these guys need, man. They're so fragile. You watch Justin Barsha rode a great second moto. I don't know if he's going to win again. But going forward from here, he will be in the mix every moto because that's what happens to these guys. That's how mental they are. Do you agree? Who who disagreed? Somebody disagreed with this? Isn't that the most obvious thing ever? Who yes, said this? Yes, people disagreed with me. I believe my co-host Kenneth, Kenneth P. Watson was saying that he was he was close at the beginning of the year to uh, – you know, to doing what he did at Redbud, and I'm just like, what? Well, let's do a little. Let's do a little. Uh, let's do a little research. Uh, the first moto at Bud's Creek, first moto at Bud's Creek, Carson finished third. Right. Well, you know, started, whatever that started was. Started like, front. Three hours. Yeah. Started. Yeah. Started up front. Yep. Uh, three hours before he won the second moto, he finished. I'm gonna go look it up right now. Third place, and how far behind Dungey? I think it was. Almost 30 seconds, I think. Hang on here. We'll, was it that we'll, far? We'll, we'll yeah. look at better talking. Okay. Yeah, was it that huh? far? Well, look, these guys, I mean, he just got well, the... I believe Dungey won the moto by nearly 30 seconds, and that was over second place, and Barsha was third. Right. So I, I'll rest my case on that one. He was 30 seconds off the pace of Dungey a few hours before he wins the second moto, and then at the very next race, he hung with Dungey pretty close in the first moto. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, not far off. And then beat him straight up in the second moto, and by the way... Whole shots both motos. You think that's a coincidence? Right, exactly. Um, Barsha first moto uh, lost by twelve seconds only at Bud's Creek. 
All right, I'm going to have to go back, and now I'm, now you're going to make me even look at the lap times to, uh, uh, to see, because I know from doing it, we... Purcell was 10. Purcell was 10 back. Yeah, on lap 13, Dunge went to 211, and then he went 213, 215, and 218 okay. on the last lap. Um, I know it sounds like I'm splitting hairs now. <laughs> um, a bunch of made up uh, six seconds on the final lap. Okay, so that would have put it... Yeah, and he made up four seconds on the uh, next to last lap, and two more. So he went. That's he, he basically made up. Uh, yeah, Th- twelve seconds in the final three laps when 20, Dungey had a huge lead. So it was twenty-four seconds the lead was. Yeah, and remember that Porcel and Barsha were trying to get Roxon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, okay, that's what I saw. I knew at one point Dungey had a lead of, you know, mid twenties. We're second, and Barsha wasn't even right. in second. But so yeah, I mean, but here, okay. So look, he wrote, he wrote yeah. fantastic, uh, and he held Dunge off in that second moto. And I guarantee you, if you were to ever hook Dunge up to a lie detector, yeah, maybe then, maybe not even then, because Dunge has ice in his veins. But Dunge would admit that he was like, "Hey, I'm just going to ride these laps, and this dude's going to make mistakes, and and I'm going to get him." I guarantee you, that's what Dunge's thought um, in his head. And then near the end of the race, he was like, "Oh shit, maybe not," and he poured it on. Yep. You know, um, but uh, yeah, the other myth, and I don't, I don't know anyone who watched the race who said this. I heard a few people that didn't really see it. Like I talked to my buddy Jim Holly this week. He's like, I didn't see the second moto, but I mean, Dungey was just cruising, just staying in front of Roxon for points, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. There were like two laps there where Dungey was pouring, pouring it over the coals, or pouring whatever the term is, pouring, pouring, pouring the coals on. I think you're dishing, you're yeah. throwing yeah. coals into the fire, right? Yeah, I think I've said this before. I know that Dungey's results make it appear that he's the guy that just says, oh, I'll take a second today, I'll take a third. I don't think Dungey really takes anything. I think he just goes his speed. Right. And some weeks that speed is enough to win, and some it's not. But I don't think he ever strategically mm-hmm. says, ah, I'm just going to sit here in a second. Like, yeah. I think he tries to go as fast as he can every week. I don't think he ever backs it down, backs off. Um,. Mm-hmm. I was talking actually Johnny O'Mara about this, um, about how guys like Dunge or, or Wyndham and guys like that, um, or Chad Reed, you know, they get the rep as the guys who are taking seconds and thirds. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as he said, and I agree, some guys' edge is different than others. Like that second moto, it didn't look insane what Dungey was doing, but I'm sure in his mind that was balls out. That is Dungey's balls out. The last couple of hey, balls out is a different balls yeah. out. So it appears that it's different, but in their mind, that is balls out to Dungey. That's the, the balls out that he has. The last couple of laps for Dunge were balls out. He was coming off the bike. They were. You know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he was he sliding was, all over. Yep. You know? And the reason why, by the way, we're going to take this confidence thing even further. Dungey's no dummy. He also knows that if Barsha gets that win, the same thing we're talking about will happen. It's why I mm-hmm. always get mad at the, well, this guy will just go 2-2 and let the other guy go 1-1. You can't do that. Yeah. Dungey has to continue beating Barsha in the submission because now he's going to have a problem on his hand. Barsha beat him one time here straight up, and now he's going to have to deal with this guy for the next five rounds. And if he had beaten him, yeah. he probably wouldn't. He, um, so Yeah, he's just going to have to deal with him over and, and over. And when you're dealing with Barsha, you're dealing with a dude who's not scared, who will run it yeah. in on you, who doesn't, you know, right. doesn't love a lot of dudes out there. Like, you know, he, he's he's not a, 
he, he does, just has that chip on his shoulder. And so, like, like, remember when Barsha turned pro, or turned pro, moved to 450s at Unadilla for Unadilla for the Geico squad, you know? Oh, uh, God. He was cross-jumping, yeah. and Dunge was furious with him. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's what Dunge knows he's got to put up with, that dude who fights and fights and fights, you know, so. Right. So if you're Dunge, you know that if he gets that win over you, and he gets that boost of confidence. Now the confidence is even higher than it was from Bud's Creek. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, he won Bud's Creek in the mud. His confidence is kind of growing. So the key is in the next race, I shut him down. Shut this down before it gets out of hand. Right. He was unable to do it. So now, yeah, going into Millville, Barsha's going to pull starts again, and Dungey's going to have to try to pass him at his home race, which Dungey wants to win. And like you said, Barsha's going to be scary. He's going to be revving it. He's going to be sideways. He's going to be feet off. Uh this yeah. is why Carmichael would win 24 motos in a row, because he knew even giving one guy one moto win could potentially give them something to, to work off of. Mm-hmm. And you just, That'd even Dungey knows that you can prevent that, prevent it. So Dungey was trying to win. Plus, hey, they get paid to win. Yeah, no, it's a lot, lot more money, and, and things life's better when you win. The, um, the great roller, Walt Peterson, told me the same thing. You know, he used to dominate Canada. He's like, I can't let those, I could let him get one win. I could not let him get two in a row. I just couldn't, and he told me that. I'm like, what? yeah. He's like, you can't, you can't let him get two in a row. You can have one, but you got to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, um, right, right. You know. So, I mean, Dungey wasn't going to ride to the point where he was going to uh, die out there, right? But like we said, for Dunge, that was all out. Yeah, there was no so, holding back and being like, ah, Kenny's behind me. I'm good. Are you in agreement? No are you in agreement with me that Justin Barsha will now be? I don't know if he'll win again, but he's now going to be a factor at every race. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Especially yeah. because right. that X factor of for some reason when the mental part comes around, then these starts right. come around too. So yeah, uh, if he gets those, which I mean, Millville starts pretty fast, and those bikes are fast. You combine this confidence with the fact that he'll probably be getting good starts more often than not. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a massive factor now. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's uh, it's, it's going to be something yeah. else to to see these dudes. Also, did you catch Barsha's even throwing in talks of the uh, you know points and title? He he said those words. Oh, he did. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah, so I think he's seventy some behind. Like, okay, the chances right. of catching Dunge right are are pretty bad, but that's all the that's all the mind game too, right? Like mm-hmm. now. Two good weekends after of, of a year and a half of bad, mm-hmm. and now in his mind he's telling himself, yeah. oh, "I'm good enough to win this title now. Yeah. I'm in title contention." I love how people are too. And look, I, I was on a team, so I get it. I've been in the trenches, you know, with 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 the bunker mentality of working your balls off, and you're a team, and you you love your riders, and you hate everybody, and and this mechanic um, gave you a dirty look, and f. So I've been there. I get it. But I was hanging out with Coy Gibbs and J-Bone after the race, and we were talking and laughing and whatever, joking around, and Coy was his usual self. And I heard a couple of the mechanics on the team say, say things like, uh, yeah, we only won because it's muddy. We only won because it's muddy. Which is just, you know, I mean, I wrote him. I think it was a dig at me. I wrote in my column, look, he won because it was muddy. Dunge went over the bars, and, and that's why Justin Barsha won the second moto at Bud's Creek. And it's absolutely true. But I'm just like I love it. I, now, now they're on top of the world. Now they can't be beat. You know, I just I yeah. like like when when yeah. Barsha was whole shot when, when Barsha was whole shotting supercrosses and going backwards, or you know early in the outdoors. Did I come by and mock? You know, no, 
No, you don't. You just write on. I just write on about the races. I just. I have to laugh. I just. And I've been there, like you said. So. You know. No. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. High Point Barsha also whole shot and Dungey passed six dudes, including him. Right. And Barsha was actually in second when he went down. He wasn't getting eaten up by the field, but Dungey had passed him and was beginning to get away. Like. Yeah. No. There's it, much it, more evidence of Dungey would have beat Barsha than the other way around. Until now. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> think at Muddy Creek or at the, sorry at Muddy. But <laughs> right. I don't think anyone going into that second moto was putting odds on. No. Yeah, this is probably Barsha. Barsha's probably the favorite today. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even maybe because it was muddy. But that's our point. Maybe because it was muddy. That's it. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to laugh. I've been there. I get it. I know what it's. I know what the deal is. But uh, yeah, now, now he's unstoppable, winning machine. Now he can't be beat. Uh, meanwhile, that's right. Same, that's but they are going to, as we said, they are now going to prove yeah. themselves right. Yeah, yeah. he's going yeah. to be really good. For yeah. Three, two months ago, the team was probably cracking jokes at Justin's expense, left and right, about what a nut job he was and how he was fading and whatever. And now they're, it's just funny. I love it. But hey, yeah, and that, you know, I, to defend all teams, no, uh, yeah, they're all like this. Person, no, no, yeah, I'm, they're all like that. But in addition, everyone around them. Uh, is guilty of that too. You can go back to January, um, and Pike, uh, Pike and Barsha raced the first two supercrosses, and Pike hurt his foot and didn't race the third race. Already, after two races, because Pike almost podiumed, mm-hmm. in the, yeah. the amount of, oh, Barsha's lucky Pike's not racing anymore because Pike's better. Pike beat him. <laughs> yeah. Pike's faster. Yeah. How does Barsha feel about that? Yeah. And Barsha actually beat him at the first race, and Pike beat him at the second. So they were 50 50. It was one to one. Right. No, it's two races. Yeah, we were already into that. Marsha sucks. Pike's better. <laughs> How could this be? It's unbelievable, and that's yeah. not the team. That's everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to make it clear: I'm not picking on the JGR guys. They're all like that. I've been on teams, so I was probably like that too. Oh, yeah. You know, or maybe not because I'm pretty cynical, but. I've seen plenty of people do that, so I'm not picking on JGR per se. I'm saying this is how this world works. Right. This fragile roller coaster of emotional world works with these guys. So, um, yeah, I think you have stories of um, you know being on KTM when when Langston was battling Pastrana. I mean, yeah. Christ sake, is Travis Pastrana is everybody's favorite person ever. Oh, we hated, him. but it was still yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah, we hated him. He was fake. He was you know an idiot. He's probably on PEDs too. <laughs> It's probably on some PEDs, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> That's Everybody's the way it is, right? I do. I did love. I did love how coming into the last Steel City with Carmichael dropping down, we were driving to yeah. the van in the morning, and I was saying Carmichael's he's going to win, and no one, everyone thought I was on glue. Like everyone's like, no, no. Langston and Brownie have been riding 125s at a high level all year long. No way he's going to just drop. I'm like, it's Ricky Carmichael. This is Ricky. You guys are done. Like we were racing for second, you know. Anyways, so that's the team mentality. They can't even look at the you know RC and be like, yeah, yeah, we're in trouble. So, yeah, um, yeah, no. And I remember going into that day as well. It was yeah, he hadn't ridden one twenty five in two years, so it, it, it didn't uh, matter. <laughs> you can't. Pop, well, I remember uh, Mike Brown and uh, and Hughes racing at High Point, and it was like that was it. You just saw the fastest two human beings can ride one twenty five. It is impossible. To ride a 125 faster than Hughes was telling me he was in fifth gear tap, absolute uh, top speed going be- down one of the hills. This is before Stu showed up, back up. Right. Yeah. right. Everybody right. by a minute, like the very next race. So, right. just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Weege, we said it was just you and I, but uh, the prodigal son has returned. Jason Thomas from the East Coast, somewhere on the East Coast. 
Welcome to the show. I am in Strand, Pennsylvania, and I'm excited to be here. Oh, I bet. First of all, oh, the home o- of uh, the, uh, isn't that where the office? Dunder Flint? No, it's that Dunder No, there was this guy on Twitter named Paulie Jenkins. He was from Scranton. Oh, I'm not familiar with him. Oh, yeah, no, he, the, yeah, he, he's no longer on Twitter, but he was funny. Um, okay. And uh, um, Hawking Fly Raceway gear. So, JT, we'll just bring you right in. Uh, Barsha's win, Weege and I have been talking about it. This is this was a huge deal. This was a great ride by Justin, and going forward, he's he may not win again, but this is a this he is going to challenge for wins, and be a regular dude going forward. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, well, this is the Barsha we expected maybe two years ago. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, this was Justin Barsha, really his whole career until. I don't know what's been going on the last year and a half or so, mm-hmm. uh, but this is just who he is. Um, you know, he's, I think, one of the premier talents, and, and he gets paid like he's one of the premier talents. So uh, it's it's not all that shocking. It's more shocking that he hasn't been doing this than anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I don't know what's changed. I don't know what's improved or if it's just confidence or bike settings or, or who knows. But it's not bike uh, settings. Stop, he, stop! Stop! with the bike settings. You, you're, you, we're going to start getting. You're going to start yelling at each other. You and I are going to start yelling again, like we always do. No, I said I don't know. I don't. This know. This is all uh, in a dude's head. He went out to Bud's Creek. He rode terrific, and this is all in a dude's head. This is okay. Well, I can see that you're uh, obviously open to new yeah. ideas on <laughs> no, that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, <laughs> no, I really look. The, well, like. Like, uh, uh, no offense to uh, um, Kyle Chisholm, if Chisholm got the start and, you know, held on for a second in the mud, let's say, um, you know, he's not probably not coming. you got to have the talent that Barsha has to, to do that. But, you know, so not, it doesn't work for everybody. But uh, when you're a special talent like Justin Barsha on a, on a, on a good team on, with a great bike and then you win in the mud, now you think you're the man. And now you come up and, and work. Well, you don't work Ryan Dungey, but, you know, that's a pretty great ride in a second moto. I, I really. It was. It was. It, um, once somebody was telling me, though, after the race, and see if you agree, Weege. Of course, both of you guys just saw it on TV. You weren't there. Barsha did have some sketchy moments in that second moto. Like, he was pinning it. Um, and, you know, Ryan is more in control. Ryan's more of a methodical kind of rider. It did look like one guy was trying a lot harder than the other, although I don't, I'm not saying that because I'm sure Dungey was trying very hard also. But, uh, yeah, Justin wanted it, man. And he, he was blowing up berms, coming off the bike a little bit, legs off. But uh, he was pinning it. So, Well, I, I know I only did watch it on TV, but that was from a trailer that was at the track. So I was actually at the race. Yeah, no, I know. I, but to, I'm just, I took too many supercrosses off. I need to take credit where I can. Right. No, no, I, just, I saw some uh, moments yeah. where I'm pretty sure the camera wasn't on him. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, 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 like maybe it was, but I, I haven't watched a TV show. There so. were plenty of moments that we did catch. I'm not yeah. going to argue that there were probably even more. I feel like uh, I go back to what I was saying before about uh, Johnny O'Mara telling me that different riders have a different edge. I feel like for the two of them, they were equally sketchy. Barsha was way sketchier, but that's like feed off the pegs 12 times for Barsha equals twice for Dungeon. <laughs> right, right, that's just right. the way they ride. Yeah. But now I think the story after the race is, uh, and JT, maybe you can comment on this. I've heard everything from, you know, that's just normal for Barsha to, yeah, you could just see he was hanging out and getting away with it. Or, 
you can see that Yamaha is terrible, and that's how hard he had to ride to do that. Uh, you it have, goes all over the map. You heard that? You see that by riding what it means. You heard that Yamaha was terrible, and that's why he was doing that? Uh, yeah, someone told me, right. they're like, look at how hard he had to ride that Yamaha, and look how sketchy it was at those speeds. But I'm also hearing, obviously, like, but that's how Marsha rides. <laughs> so, well, right. it, I, I mean, I guess Bob Hanna's bikes must have always sucked. Well, Justin Barsha's <laughs> Yamaha. I think there's there's no coincidence, and I know you asked JT this question. We'll bring him in, um, but there's no coincidence that all three Yamaha riders were uh, right up front in both motos, and so you could really make a case that the Yamaha had helped Justin out quite a bit as far as horsepower wise. Don't you agree, JT? Uh, I think the the horsepower thing is on the start. It's a huge part of it. That's what I mean. Uh, I don't think it really. No, it matters I, too much on the track. No, I mean, the Yamaha put Justin in a position, along with his two other teammates, to be successful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's been the last couple of years, honestly, between Josh Grant, Justin Brayton, uh, Pike's resurgence on the starts this year, Phil's starts the last two years. Yeah. So that's really nothing new, but certainly Barsha has, uh, it's put him in a great spot. Um, and I, I I've kind of been harping on this the last few weekends because any track that has a really deep disc up start or an uphill or anything like that, you can just count on those bikes to be at the front. So don't yeah. even, don't even think twice. They will be at the front. Uh, but as far as the other topic, I think that's how Barsha rides. Uh, I, I don't remember ever seeing him like silky smooth in any situation ever. Right. The people that were saying <laughs> like, agree. look how hard he has to, yeah, look yeah. how hard he has to ride it. Maybe they need to go back and watch him on a 250 up. Because that guy was <laughs> hanging off the back of his bike, you know, he was on the rev limiter ninety nine percent of the time yeah. on that bike. That's just his style. So I don't, I don't think there's that holds much water. Um, Kenny Roxon three three on the weekend. He was uh, he was sick at um, Bud's Creek this weekend three three. His in the first moto, I don't know if you guys caught this, but he was on fire. He he got that gap from about fifteen seconds to about seven six or seven seconds. He was turning great laps. He was catching the, both dudes up front. Second moto, though, 37 seconds back or something. Uh, yeah, 37 seconds back. So what's your take on, on Roxon, uh, a Weege, who at this point, like, you know, I don't know if anybody would put, put money on him right now to, to defend this title. Uh, I'm glad you pointed out the gaining on them in the first moto because that is something that I could not see from my vantage point. So that's actually more encouraging than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point with Roxon, it's kind of the same thing that I think JGR went through with Barsha. Uh, when you sign someone of that high profile, and it's a new ride, new bike, new team, and all that, it's so hard to stop the very harsh judging that we've already talked about on this show and how quickly things change and the naysayers show up instantly and everyone overreads and everything. Uh, I think it's a real challenge to uh, to try to stay insulated from all that. And I, I, I do feel like the JGR folks did a pretty good job you know, the amount of times I asked J-Bone this year, I'm like, so is it all panic? And he's like, no, 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 we're not panicking, we're not panicking. Because it very easily could have spun mm-hmm. the Barsha thing completely out of control. It's been six months of not getting the wins that they were hoping to get. So now you have Kenny where you have this very difficult comparison to winning the title. Like, pretty much you win the title or you've gone backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, And then again, we talk about how fickle it is in this sport. Then people start talking and it gets all drama and fingers get pointed. I think the real key for them is to, which I think they've done a good job too, not overreacting, not listening to that hype. Um, but that's going to be their challenge here. Because if he doesn't win the title, how many people are going to say, should have stayed in that KTM? Yeah. 
Well, you're gonna hear it a uh, lot. Uh, no, but next year, 2016, is a really big year for Kenny and the team and everything. You know, like okay, injury this year, won the fir- two out of the first three rounds, got an injury, never really yeah. got on track outdoors, had the back injury, but. So you yeah. know, and before that had been able to stay relatively healthy uh, through all these years. So uh, next year's huge. There's no doubt. So I, I've had people tell me he's already going to lead the team. I'm like, what? Already? You know this? That's what I mean. Like, what that's are you? what I mean. Yeah. It's stuff like that. I don't even know if there's any truth to it. And it you're wasn't hear a lot yeah, of that. It wasn't Christopher Lloyd and a DeLorean who you know came back from the future. It was just a guy who wouldn't. <laughs> Wouldn't know. So, um, hey, Brock right. Tickle, fastest qualifier uh, on the first session and fourth overall. He got the fourth overall because on the very last lap of the first moto, Pike hit a lapper in a rut and tipped over and Tickle rode by him. Uh, this made Pike very angry, as we can all imagine. And uh, it gave Brock the two points that he needed to uh, to get fourth overall in the day. So little things like that. But Tickle, Tickle's deal is up. JT, would you, would you re-sign him if you were the RCH guys? Would I? Um, well, sure. I, I mean, I don't think it's he's undeserving. You obviously have to assess who's available. That's that's always number one. Uh, you see who's available and how much budget you have, and you see if if Brock is a sideways move or an improvement, or you know, or, or you're going to take a step back by leaving someone on the table. But mm-hmm. I think Brock's riding fine. You know, he was never meant to be the quote unquote team leader. Yeah, uh, that. That position solidly rocks him. So, when you start talking about a second, second guy on the team, I don't know. You know, there's not there's not much better than uh, Brock Tickle as far no. as the second guy out there. Whose deal is up, JT? Like seriously? Well, I think you know. I, there's obviously been talk about Reed. Um, there's 250 guys moving up uh, that you have to look Bogle. at. Bogle, uh, a guy like Bogle, Who right? Else? So, there's there's a few guys out there that you know you no, could make a case for. That's my point. You're not naming anybody because there isn't really many people up. Like Bogle is up; it wants to look for a ride. Reed is is looking for a spot, but he's not going to do that. Um, so he doesn't even count. Um, but Brayton is staying, right? Done deal. I mean, Nicoletti is up. Will Hahn is, is up. Yeah. But I mean, all of these guys, I think, in my opinion, are, are way behind Brock Tickle for that second spot. You know, so uh, I like. I think Brock's rode, rode well. And he rode well again. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, is Jesse yeah. Nelson signed? Uh, yeah, I thought he was going back. He's not moving up. I, I don't know. That's oh. I'm asking no, he's, question. I don't know. He told me he's you know trying to going to win two the title next year. That's the goal. So that would okay. be, yeah. yeah. So I, I agree with you. There's not many options right. that are, and, and I don't even know. You know, is Bogle better than Tickle? I don't know that you can make that argument. I don't. They both were. Yeah. They were both white Supercross champions, but their their paths have kind of been similar. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah. I, I think that Tickle is willing to sign for not a. A uh, a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, relatively. So sure, I I think that's a a good move for all parties to keep Tickle on. And I, I was kind of on that same boat this going into this year. I'm like, why would you not sign Tickle if you have the money to do it? I mean, he's yeah. he's solid. Well, he got hey, they got him cheap this year. They got him a discount. Well, because, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, and I don't think I don't I don't know where Tickle is going to go. That he's going to get paid a lot. Right. I don't see a lot of spots out there that are going to be big big opportunities for him to make a lot of money. Yeah. So. Um, the tale of two Porcells on the weekend. First moto kind of didn't get the start. Rode okay to get the 10th. Second moto got a start and uh, rode well to get a fourth. Had the third fastest lap time uh, in the moto, I think. Uh, Weed, you talked to him after the race. He wasn't pumped on the prep, huh? He didn't think it was um, like good for – he wasn't prep well for 
prepped great for good racing is kind of what I took out of his interview. Yeah, and uh, it's tough, I feel like, on the guys that um, not everyone's willing to be outspoken about that. Uh, he certainly is. You know, he's not afraid to tell you what he thinks, good and bad. Uh, Reed's been the kind of guy that says that, too. Then other guys, I think, will never complain no matter what. It's just not in their nature to publicly complain. And then it works against the riders who are willing to because then they look like the guys that are using excuses when every other rider could agree. I'm not saying they do in this situation, yeah. but I'm sure there have been times where Chad Reed just complained about a supercross track. The other 19 riders agreed, didn't say it, and then Reed looks like a whiner and a guy that makes excuses. I didn't think, so, yeah, I didn't think Purcell's yeah. interview came off like whining, though. He was explaining why he didn't think it made for good racing. That's all, you know? Well, I think a lot, I think most of the time it's not whining. I think almost right. every time a guy says that, these are professional riders. They've raced a lot of tracks. They know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. If they think it, I believe it. But uh, not everybody, I think, <laughs> interprets it that way. Right, right. Uh, and it goes to the point I've made over and over. I know every fan on earth says the best way to prep a motocross track is don't do it. Don't do anything. Don't touch it. Leave it rough. Leave it nasty like men were did in the past. Hannah. And Bob, Bob Hannah. Bob Hannah, right. Was, when Bob Hanna's bikes apparently were horrible, because he had feet off the pegs all the time, too, with how hard he had to ride that monoshock. <laughs> uh, anyway, Porcel's point, which is something I've said over and over, if you do leave the track, you know, and half of the berms get blown out and the ruts get too deep and useless, you now have only half of the track left mm-hmm. uh, to race on. Now, it's way easier said than done to prep a track so perfectly, you know, starting at 8 a.m. through all the practices and water and disc it up just right so at 1 o'clock every line is perfectly usable but also rough. Like, that's mm-hmm. asking a lot. But I think Porcel's explanation of it was too deep uh, and the corners would get too rough and you just couldn't use that line is a perfect reason of why you do have to do track maintenance and just leaving it isn't nearly as good as it actually yeah. sounds. There were some deep ruts, yeah. though. He had a point. There were a couple of insides that were. I saw the top of German soldiers' heads. <laughs> um, uh, Freddie Norn, career best seventh. Good job by Freddie. Uh, Blake Baggett was struggling after the race, not too pumped on his bike. Says they need to figure some stuff out. He wasn't pumped on his uh, the way it worked. Brayton was solid. Uh, one of the motos, he came from pretty far back, I think. Um, so Brayton was pretty solid. And Tommy Hahn rode well. 8-12 for Tommy. That's two good finishes in a row for him. And I noticed he's got some factory suspension on there, too. So it looks like Honda's a Honda or Show or somebody oh. somebody stepped up. So, um, yeah, he's right. Well, Jason Anderson had a weird race. He had a flat. You said Weege? Yeah, that's what it said in the press release, the team release. Because uh, he was in the first motor, didn't he go from like he, you know, seventh to a lap down or something? Yeah, he was he was riding well. He was riding well. Then he disappeared yeah. for a while. The next time I right. saw him, he was way back. He got lapped, and then I'm not kidding you. He was the fastest rider on the track for about three laps in a row or two out of the three laps or something like that. The fastest rider on the track coming from 23rd to, well, 27th or something to, I think he got 18th. And I guarantee you a lot of those people got the blue flag thought he was coming through, you know, which was good for him. It's a nice move. But, uh, yeah, just all of a sudden blitzing through the pack. And I don't know if this was after the flat, before the flat, but he was fast, but way back. So... Oh, so he couldn't have had a flat, you wouldn't think. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I mean, it was yeah. – I, mean, I was watching him going, is Anderson – I'm like, Anderson's a lap down. And I'm like, wait, is he? Am I crazy? I'm positive he's a lap down. I had to go over and check out the, the live timing. And I'm like, yeah, he is because he was all over Roxon. So 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Very strange. Really, a really strange race for, for Jason Anderson. Uh, for the second time in three weeks, Nicoletti cleaned somebody out who was standing off the track. So <laughs> he, uh, he hit an AMA official, and he, he said he headbutted him, broke, his, broke the Fram cam off his helmet or something, and, <laughs> and he said he looked back in the oh, guy. Oh, what's the rock? Was a headbutt? Yeah, he headbutted the AMA guy by coming off the track. Oh. <laughs> Folks, oh, you, you got to watch out for Phil, wherever he is. <laughs> uh, JT, after the race, he said he asked Coy to fire him. He was so bad. So He, <laughs> he said, wasn't that bad. He went from 4th to 12th and 2nd to 11th. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not great, but, I mean, 12-11 is <laughs> not a fireable offense. But he was right up front early, so he he was. Uh, yeah, it could be worse. Did you talk to him, Weege? After the race, he was um, not uh, not uh, after the race, but you'll enjoy. I was over there uh, during practice after the first practice session, uh-huh. and uh, Jay Bones like Phil, you were actually fourth fastest all the way to the end, and then you pulled off, and uh, everybody else did one more lap. You know, just the checker flag was coming out, and you got bumped down to like eleventh. And he's like, "Oh, of course, that's me, man." <laughs> Always coming up short. Always so close, but so far. If Phil won a million dollars, he'd complain about yeah. the taxes. He'd complain about the taxes he had to pay. <laughs> the other thing is, uh, so would you say, considering the starts and the results, it probably was Phil's worst yes. weekend of the year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Right. Well, just Phil's luck. Uh, you can actually go to promotocross.com and watch both of his motos in entirety, the entire helmet cam footage. <laughs> so you can watch, record in history, his worst race of the year, and you can watch every single rider make the move on him. Just Phil luck. <laughs> Good job, Phil. Yeah, he said he asked Coy to fire him after the race. He said, you should fire me. Uh, that's fine. If you want to fire me, I'm good. So. Couldn't have the Fram cam for the entire moto at Glen Helen when he got third. Yeah, I know, nope. right? Nope, 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 not at all. Uh, Jesse Wentland rode well. JT, 13-16. Good job by him. Yeah, he's been pretty solid all year other than Hangtown when he had the bike issues. Oh, when you uh, picked him for fantasy? Yeah, I'm still not over, <laughs> quite over that yet. <laughs> I can't believe the hatred that comes from Dan Truman on our text group text over Fantasy Moto. <laughs> he's very serious. He's very angry. Yeah, it's uh, it's serious business. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on with these riders. Well, I feel like when you put, you know, when one of us puts a rider on our fantasy team, you know, we're we're kind of tying our tying ourselves to that. You know, we're we're married <laughs> right, in a way. Right. Um, we're putting our faith in that rider. You know, we're we're expecting good things to happen. And uh, when good things don't happen, there uh, there are repercussions <laughs> and consequences. There are, there are. I would I would hate for any riders to get a hold of our group text in that <laughs> thing because it would not be good. Dan, um, Dan says some mean things. He does. He does. It's just fantasy <laughs> moto, Dan. It's okay. Um. All right. Let's take a commercial break here. Anything else on four fifties, Weege? Hey, you said. Uh... Uh, rocks or sorry, uh, read to our stage. That's not happening. Is that that's what? the category that's in? What you're you're saying? Who is available to potentially fill the tickle spot? And you said read. Oh yeah, that's not happening. No, yeah, but I, I I mean it like for that. Like he's not going to ride for for tickles money. Uh, he could ride for that team. I believe that he could ride oh, for that okay. team all day long. Not in a tickle spot though. You know what I mean? Like I see. 
Like yeah. it would it just add read. Yes, in yes. addition to yeah, routine yeah, or something. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Although we had right. Chad on the on the pulp show on Monday and, and I ran that exact theory to him and he said I was crazy. And I'm just like, oh, okay, all right. Look look, W what, Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, WMG. That's crazy? Exactly. He said it was crazy. WMG is not tied into helping him out as much as I put it all together. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, Freddie Norton got married, too. Trey Kennard married him on Sunday, right? Is that what you guys heard? Yeah. 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 Trey Kennard giving away, giving or marrying, not giving away, <laughs> marrying Freddie Norton. So, welcome to the green card world. Giving away Freddie Norton. Freddie Norton. <laughs> When's Trey coming back, JT? Do we know yet? Not Millville, I think right? Washugal. Yeah, it can't be Millville. I wouldn't think. No, he the target's Washugal. So right, and Shorty we'll is looking. That. We'll see if he sticks to that. And I think Shorty's Millville. So correct. Fly Racing's yep. uh, riders will be will be in action very shortly. All right, let's take a commercial break here on the uh, BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial by Racetech. Use the code PulpMX2015 to save yourself money with some suspension. And Dirt Cheap Helmets, everybody. They're, they've joined the podcast. DirtCheapHelmets.com. Uh, check them out, too. And uh, they've, guess what they've got? Dirt Cheap Helmets. All right, we'll be right back here on the show. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to Pulp MX. 2015 when you order you can save 10 percent at racetech.com and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast and we thank you guys all right back to the show dirtcheaphelmets.com is dedicated to protecting your head and your wallet the site is hands down the coolest and easiest to use in the helmet world dirtcheaphelmets.com is the one-stop shop to get helmets for you and everyone you love without breaking the bank we have helmets for our grand opening starting at $40, and that includes free shipping. These are all new helmets that we get a great deal on and pass the savings on to the customer. This includes free shipping on all helmets and a no-hassle exchange policy. We have a wide range of brands including Fly, HJC, Chewy, G-Max, and more. Podcast customers can get 5% off these already smoking good deals by using promo code RIDERX. And we're back. PTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. 250 class. JT, thoughts on 250s? Uh, Jeremy Martin. I mean, he brought it. He, he brought did. It. it wasn't looking good for him. He, he wasn't looking good. No. Well, yeah, I mean, look, he, he caught Cooper near the end of that first moto. So even had he got second, let's say, let's say he doesn't make that pass on the last lap and he gets second. 
he still charged pretty hard to get Cooper Webb, who's just coming back from injury. So you got to give Coop a little yeah, bit it, of a break. Yep. It was a great ride, but I was more impressed. And, and I wrote my breakdown column concerning this whole topic. Uh, man, he really showed some resiliency there because everything that was going on was telling him to panic. He, I mean, he was going backwards. He's supposed to win that. You know, this is a, a race, this and Millville, where you're like, yeah, he should win. Like, I, I think he'll yeah, win. Yeah. And for him to get a, to get out front on the first lap, which hasn't happened much this season, I don't think, uh, he's supposed to take over that moto and kind of control it. And that, that wasn't the case. Uh, Cooper Webb in his second race back caught him, passed him. Uh, Muscan caught him, passed him. Osborne and passed him. Yeah, I mean, everything Everything about that, the way that was going, was kind of like, oh, boy, he's going to come unraveled here and, yep. and, you know, struggle and art pump up. And uh, his mind, you know, he's got to be just fighting panic mentally. Oh. Uh, and yeah. instead of all that, nope, he just regrouped, uh, you know, kept his lap times where he felt comfortable. And, you know, those guys were maybe overextending themselves as far as pace a little bit, and things came around. I mean, he just rode right back you know, eventually around, right back around everyone. So it's um great weekend for him. It, it's, it's, I mean, can you remember a time where a dude went first to fourth, looked like he was crumbling and then came back to win? I, I, I could not think of something from my column. Like I'm trying to think, have I seen this before? And I, I, you know, I didn't, you know, sit down and watch all these videos and stuff, but I can't remember another time where I've seen something like that. I feel like I've seen it happen. I, I'm going to have to think about it though. It's a good right. question. But yeah. And I've, I've seen that kind of stuff happen. I know it happened with me personally, but it obviously it wasn't for wins or anything. But the first few laps, I would struggle with the pace and kind of drop way back and get shuffled back. And then you kind of find the pace and, and calm down and get in a rhythm and then you just kind of blow back past everyone. But, but I know what you're saying, opening laps. This was halfway through the moto. He was fourth. You know, like this was a right, long time right. coming that he was fourth. So he had ha- it was just... You're right, though. It, mentally, that was just – which is weird, Weege, because watching him in Supercross, he made some mistakes where you're like, what are you doing? You know, you're Jeremy Martin. And then you see him do something like this, and you're like, that dude is mentally, physically, everything's in line, everything's very strong. And then other times in Supercross, you're like, this guy's just falling apart out here. Yeah, and uh, that actually brings me back to a previous column that you had written, JT, about you know when he didn't make that main event. Uh, earlier this year, and how it was so surprising to see a guy who's already a proven champion uh, panic. But I think one of the reasons it's a little different for him uh, outdoors is because not only is he so incredibly fit, but to go back to the confidence thing, he believes he's so incredibly fit that I think that he's got that little cushion like those first 15 minutes, it was definitely sucking, but he probably could tell himself, all right, but there's a chance they're going to get tired and I'm not. Right. So I might still be okay, and I think he can use that as a crutch to uh, to make it feel a little better uh, at that moment. I mean, this all goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of how we all overreact and overanalyze. Right. I seriously, early in that first moto, I thought there's a very good chance that Martin could end up winning three straight of these outdoor titles because I think he can win it this year. And why? Hey, why not next year? Right. I mean, that's a possibility that he could win three of these in a row. I'm not saying he's going to, but he could. And during that first moto, I said, yeah, that's not happening. This guy's not <laughs> winning three in a row. I mean, this is not good. Yeah. And then at the, the moto, he wins it. So that just shows how we all overreact and panic. And I'm sure he was, or he should have also. I mean, Moose Gann, 
that was the battle we all wanted to see, right? And Muscam was putting it to him early yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. What do you mean overreact and panic? Just because the, we actually have a panic button doesn't mean we panic. We <laughs> <laughs> um, like I was literally judging his entire an entire three year yeah. career arc on fifteen minutes in a moto. Hey, it's weird though. Like, um, so he, mm-hmm. Jeremy on the on the on the on the uh, track announcing, he goes, uh, "Look, no, everyone's no one's gonna. Um, these guys are gonna have to suffer worse than me to uh, to beat me." No one suffers like I do, or something like that. Then after the race, he tells me, look, I do more motos than anybody else. I ride my bike more than anybody else in this class. And then I think he said something else in another interview I, I saw on Racer X um, or somewhere. Um, he told the same journalist, maybe yeah. Antonovich uh, from Transworld. But, yeah, like he's, he's letting everyone know. What, and I don't know if it's a mental game or not, but he's letting everybody know all the work he does a lot and repeatedly. And I, and I don't know if that's a head game, or you know, I'm sure he does do a lot of work, but it's it is well. Weird. I, think, right. yeah. I think it's been a concerted effort by uh, by O'Mara to basically create that confidence within him, uh, and he's just repeating it now. Because if if you ever look at Johnny O'Mara's social media, all he does is talk about how much work that uh, Jeremy Martin does, how prepared he is, how you know confident he should be. Uh, and I think that's wearing, you know, it's, it's rubbing off on Jeremy and his attitude and his confidence level. Yeah. And it's, it's building resiliency in a situation like that where he's like, okay, let's, let's calm down for a second here. Mm-hmm. I'm stronger than these guys. I'm better than these guys. I'm more prepared than these guys. Just let's, let's chill out for a second here. And then he kind of finds himself and then he goes back and gets, you know, passes them all back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, no. I think it's been, I think it's been a deliberate effort uh, by O'Mara. And now, you know, Jeremy believes more than anything. Listen, everybody out there doing moto podcasts, this is the best moto podcast. Don't do it. Don't do another one. If you want to do a podcast, you're going to have to really do a good one because this one's the best one. We work hardest on this. We talk the most. We have the best information. I'm just trying to get, you know, trying to sell. You got to suffer. Yeah, we got to suffer. suffer. We got to suffer to do this podcast. Oh, there's a lot of suffering going on. I, I I don't want anybody else to start doing moto podcasts. So if I just keep telling people. How tough this is, and how tough I work at this. It's way too hard, everybody. The equipment—you will—you'll never figure out the equipment. Don't even bother. Well, actually, I can vouch for that. <laughs> That's actually true, right? Uh, you know God. what, though? After us. Sorry, I didn't mean to off leash. Um, you know what, though? What we're talking about, I—I I firmly believe, is one of the biggest uh, staples in Alden Baker's program, and I think that's. It's a big reason why Ryan Dungey's been so much better this year. Uh, Alden, as we've talked about many times, Alden's big on the mental side of this. And how he creates that mental strength is by putting the work in. And he basically will let you know that if you do this, um, this insane amount of work, you're going to be the best guy. You will be winning. You will be in title contention. You will win races, yada, yada, yada. So I don't really think that it's such a new concept but i just think that uh you know amaro's using and, and jeremy's believing in this same same type thing where mm-hmm. i you know they're both putting in so much work that how could i not be the best guy how yeah. can we do this much work and, and me not be the most prepared the real question is is who is actually more prepared marvin or jeremy because for years we've seen alvin's program kind of be that program right. uh so that that's an interesting dynamic there to see uh, you know who who really is the most prepared? Who does the most work? Who's 
who's kind of got the best program. Well, also, too, so Marvin's got a bad wrist that he's hurt at Lakewood, and that's what affected him this weekend. Let's hope it gets better with a week off because Millville is not exactly great for the wrist. Downhills and right. sand whoops and, you know, this and, – and also, too, going back to what you were saying, JT, you know, you're confident because you've done the work. Well, if Marvin can't do the work because of a wrist issue – there's a little chip in his confidence, it right? It compounds that. Yeah, yeah, it compounds that. Right. So we'll be interesting to see how that goes from here because Marvin wasn't the same guy, there's no doubt. Um, Osborne with another podium. that gives that whole moto like an incomplete. It gives that whole moto like an incomplete complete grade because when Marvin passed him and even put a little distance, let's say he wasn't hurt that day. Maybe Martin isn't just straight up isn't able to catch him. Yeah. And then this whole thing flips and then martin's not able to the next right. time say ah whatever i can fall back and forth i'll catch these guys i already did it once right maybe he wouldn't have been able to do that so it's amazing how this works it's amazing um it's almost like it's all mental like i was saying with barsha it's it's, <laughs> it's it's almost like that we should just give up on trying to write stories and do podcasts and things like that because clearly we're you know it's just like ah well whatever one more, i'll throw one more wrinkle in this what? that it was Johnny O'Mara, who is the one that brought Alden Baker into the sport as a trainer. <laughs> yeah. So now they're squaring off. It's a good point. Uh, Zach Osborne yeah. with another podium. Osborne riding well, working with uh, John Tomac, who I saw in a long conversation with Dan Fahey from Kawasaki. Do you think there's anything there, JT? No, no. Just just a little, you know, how's the family, how's things. Right. I think that's probably yeah. my father's to it. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure. Um, Cooper Webb should have won it. Like I said in my column, he should just go make himself a trophy because this was his race. But you know what? Hey, uh, what are you going to do? He'll get he'll get one down the road for sure. It was a weird crash, though, don't you guys think? It was kind of a weird little – I got a little cross-rut and, like, I don't know. It's just one of those sections, and it's kind of where the section where he screwed up where Jeremy passed them too or Jeremy caught him, you know? Yeah. But did they ever show it on TV? Because I never actually saw the crash. I don't know if oh, sh- no, we had it, but it was from straight on. Yeah. I think it was misleading because it – he was out of the turn clean. Like, he was going straight out of the corner, and then he just tips over. And I'm like, how did he tip over <laughs> after the turn? Yeah. But I think those ruts, which you couldn't really see, uh, the TV camera, yeah. and that's not a spot where everybody's hanging out. I, I, I'm sure those ruts were way, way, way worse than anyone yeah. can actually see. That's the only yeah, thing. They get really nasty there. I've had some close calls because your, your front wheel wants to climb up the side of them. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost guaranteeing that's what happened. You just climbed up the side of a rut, and it kind of – throws your balance off and if you you know get a little funky on one of those bumps and you're leaning to the side it's not that difficult to, to um, go from there he'll win right we're all we're all in agreement that cooper webb's going to win very shortly here right like nationals. i agree yeah, yeah i had him on yeah. my podium at butts creek so right, i was right. a week off but yeah, yeah I, I mean he's he is an elite left elite member of this field yeah how about christian craig why can't wow led wow. Over, led so long in that second moto yeah, that was that was impressive, and I know that they, they did eventually get him. But I mean, at this point, okay, he's probably a little less prepared than everybody else. Again, they were all you know training in October for Supercross, and he was working a regular job, so they all have much more of a base built up. Mm-hmm. But he was actually still ahead of uh, Martin. You know, him clipping Webb is uh, what caused him to give up the lead. Now, I, I'm thinking Martin would have gotten him, but that yeah. was pretty late in the moto, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Three laps left, I think. It was three laps. Um, right. So, maybe maybe if, if his fitness is still there with, like, 98% right. of the class, maybe Martin would have gotten him at the end. But, uh, damn, 
He went pretty deep into it. It wasn't like he got a whole shot and led for three laps. There's people at Geico that are standing by the theory that Christian's arrival on the team is, is you know, really pushing the other guys. Like, really, like they're sort of out of excuses, or they're not, you know, not excuses. Maybe that's the wrong word, but you know, they see this dude come off the couch and they they kind of go, okay, well, he's just working us. You know, we just need to do more or whatever. So, interesting. Well, I think yeah, I, I think that's true with any team. I think it's true. I think it's true. Go ahead, JT. Yeah. No, I was just going to say I think that's true with any teammate. I think this is true in this case, and I think any teammate, especially if it's if everybody, you know, because everybody on that team is kind of equal, right? Like RJ and yeah. and, uh, and Jordan Smith and all those guys are kind of in the same boat as mm-hmm. far as what they're expected. So anytime your teammate is up front, uh, that puts pressure on you. So this just this just heightens that because right. Christian Craig really hasn't been around. JT, do you think you should have like look? You had a good career, solid privateer. Um, you know, you worked hard at it, but maybe you could have worked harder than what you did. Maybe you need to go to Seven Eleven and work the midnight shift for six months down in Dade, Dade um, County, down in Dade County, and you would have got a new appreciation for what like work was. I don't know. Mm. Well, Dade, Dade County is in Miami, so I don't think that I want to work at Seven Eleven because I probably would have got shot. No, I know that's what I mean. In the roughest areas of Florida, that's that's, <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Go down to Dade County, you know, where you're basically <laughs> literally gambling with your life. So, um, no, I, I think for me it was just a lack of talent. There's no other way to look at it. And I, Chad Reed reminds me of that uh, every time I'm around. Yeah, him. yeah. No offense, you don't you didn't have Christian Craig's talent. There, no, yeah, no. but you know what I mean. There is something to that, man. This dude quit. Got a job, rode on the weekends, rode after work in the barn whenever he could. You know, I, there's something to that. Oh, there's nothing. I, I had a real job for about two months when I was 16, and that really, really drove home the point that I didn't want a real job. Right, and now you got a real job now. <laughs> well, I was I was uh, sweeping floors right, for, a paint, right. for a painting company. So right. but, I knew right away that I did not want to do anything like that. But JT, now you. I mean, really, yeah. really, you're right though. It, it's an eye opener for right. kids that you know what's what's the real world got in store for you. Oh, you didn't go to high school. Oh, you didn't go to college. Oh, <laughs> let me let me show you how many options there are out there for you. Right, right. Like, uh, of course, you got to have the talent like Christian Craig and the motorcycle, you know, the team and all that. But yeah, of course. But of course. but still, like we we should we we should quit Racer X, open up a service to these teams. Where we we're like a work, like we'll take a kid to work every day. Scared straight, yeah, like it's a motocross scared straight. Yeah, scared scared fast, scared fast. Yep, we'll call it, and we'll we'll pick you. You pay us a flat rate, Bobby Hewitt, Mitch Payton, all these guys. You all pay us, say, you know, a hundred grand a year. And JT, <laughs> you can be in on this too if you want. You pay us a hundred grand a year, uh, each team, and uh, when you have a problem, child. That's not working out. That's not putting the results you want. You send him to Weege and I. We'll take the kid to work. We'll put him to work. We'll yell at him. And then we'll deliver him back in a, you know, whatever, a month, two months. And you should have a better kid. You should have a faster kid. Uh, I, I talked like to Mike Brown a lot start... about this. What's that, Weege? Good. No. I talked to Mike Brown a lot about why he's, I think, 44 now and still trains and still rides and still goes to Australia to race and raced in Canada last year and races Baja and all this crap. And he says he quit after he uh, lost his ride with Mitch in 92. Mm-hmm. He quit and started working in a bike shop for about six months. Right. And yeah. then realized 
racing was way better. So now, 22 years later, after that, I think that was 1993, 22 years later, they cannot peel him off a motorcycle. It was six months working at a bike shop. Right. Right. Yeah. It's brilliant. JT, let's, yeah. let's, if we just want to do it, you and I can do it. All right. Well, I feel like we missed, it. We missed a few hundred grand with the Izzy and Izzy's and Stroops and those guys. We missed, <laughs> yeah. We missed some serious cashola. <laughs> we could have really made some oh. some some coin with with Stroop. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hey, Stroop, welcome back. You're a fifth time in the program. Well, let's hope let's hope the fifth time works. Let's. <laughs> hey, as long as those teams checks cash. Yeah. Here's a stick with a here's a stick hundred grand. Here's a stick with a nail on the end, and uh, we're going to give you an orange vest, and we are going out to clean the ditch. Um, I don't know, man. There, there is something to that, for sure. Christian Craig's been riding great. Fourth overall. Um, it really makes his Muddy Creek ride look a little weirder, which we all said, oh, okay, here it is. You know what I mean? Um, yep. So. Yep. Um, you know, obviously. Yeah, Muddy- he's been good at every single race but that. Like, this is this – is- I don't understand any question. This is legit. Yeah, I went by. Yep. To, I went by to go talk to Mitch after the race. Uh, Savachi led the first moto for a couple corners and fell. Second moto, I don't know really know what happened. Aldridge was okay. Cincerillo's out for the year. I went by to go talk to Mitch. He was rubbing his forehead with his hands, and we all know that look. I just kept walking. I'm like, okay, oof. yeah. Oof. Uh, oof. Um, Jordan Smith was fast in the second moto. You guys probably never noticed him again, but he was dead last off the start. And he was flying. Uh, ended up getting 14th. He was way, way back, and he was fast. Uh, lap times were good and stuff. But once again, if you look on paper, Jordan Smith just got the one decent moto, one, one bad moto thing going on. So Hampshire too. I think that whole team is like that. Besides Craig, yeah. The other three guys, I feel like that's every race for them. Yeah, Bichelia, 17-7, right? Hampshire, 14-8. So yeah, you're right. Jordan Smith was a uh, 10-10-14. So. Uh, what about Cincerillo? What do you guys? So I know we did a rapid reaction on him, but uh, another bummer, another injury. I think I'm more optimistic than most, but maybe that's because I, you know, I, I do feel like I'm friends with Adam. I've been texting with him back and forth um, a little, and I feel like I'm a little more optimistic. But you know, this is kind of like something that they found that's hereditary, and they'll fix it. It's like his other shoulder, but I mean, we just—he is running out of chances here. Uh, first, I just want to ask you, that's that's actually him, your info, that he's getting the same procedure on his other shoulder, correct? I guess. Mm, yeah. Or is, yeah. Because, see, in the press release, they said labrum tear, which is, you know, you can dislocate it. The problem with the first one was dislocation. Um, so I didn't know if it was actually the same injury in the first place, so I didn't know if the same surgery would apply. Well, I don't know. yeah, the same. I'm not going to reveal my sources, but, yeah. It does rhyme with Schmadam Schminzlerillo. Um, well, the yeah. point is, is he getting this? You do. Know, you're not just assuming. You've actually heard that he's probably getting the same yeah, procedure no, he, done. Yeah, he told me. He yeah. did. He did. He told me he's getting the yeah, same. That's same. my only question. That's my only question. Yeah. Okay. No, that's. Uh, I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not uh, going to hit the panic button. Not hitting it. Right. JT. Plenty of time, and he's not rushing back with these injuries. He's 18. And the other thing, by the way. What? He's 18. Oh. He's 18. He's got time. Yeah, he's 18. Jeremy Martin is 22. Luis Gann is 25. Like, those are the guys who was racing. The other thing that saved him is uh, he did not win that Supercross title last year. I remember when Trey Kennard beat Villapoto in his rookie year. Yeah. Uh, 
Filippo famous. He said, well, he screwed himself now. He's going to have to move up to a 450 early. Dumb move, winning that title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Idiot. Potential <laughs> uh, is safe. Like, he hasn't used up any eligibility or anything. Like, he could still race three complete more years in the 250s, no problem. Yeah. And J- yeah, JT, like, the kid, JT, the kid's got work ethic. You know, I mean, he's got he's got a trainer. He's got the best one of the best teams in the sport. You know, he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic like you. As yeah. long as he doesn't have any type of injury where it's going to be long lasting, career affecting, yeah, this this all is, means nothing. Uh, there, because let's be honest, is there any team out there that wouldn't want to sign this kid? Realistically, well, I can't think of one. JT, I hope I hope you're sitting down, but there's some people on social media that are pretty negative about this injury. Well, there's some real dumbasses on social media, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> I just hope you're sitting down when I when I drop that bomb on you. Uh, I wanna... No, I mean, whatever. Obviously, it's not good. Right. But you look at his age, his talent level, his work ethic, his, uh, you know, media presence. He has everything you'd ever want out of a motocross racer. Uh, he just needs to stay, stay healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like he's not – he's still getting some results. I mean, he got podiums this year. You know, right. like right. – it's obviously an injury is the issue, but it's not like he came back from this injury, did terrible, and then got hurt again. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. came back from basically only rode a couple months, got back out there, and by the time he got hurt again, was right in the mix again. Yep. You know, he led, damn near led 15 minutes of his first moto back. So right. there's there's no reason to panic. Everybody needs to calm down. Um, there's nothing, you know, great about the situation, sure, but this right. guy's going to be around for a long time. Right. Does uh, does Justin Hill how, how how much better does Justin Hill get? Do you think Weege? He had his first race back. In uh, like... I actually talk, I, I talked to him after the race. I didn't record it. I was just chatting with him. Um, I think he's all right. Uh, he said that they changed. Uh, I know you're going to scoff at this. He said they learned a lot about the bike uh, in the four weeks or whatever it was that he was off. I'm not going to scoff uh, at that. He no, tested it. That's not and scoffing. He thought the bike was actually better yeah. than the one he had at uh, Glen Helen. Right. And then when he tried it, uh, he realized it was not. Yeah, I'm not gonna um, scoff. I'm not gonna scoff at that. That's legit for sure. Yeah, oh, okay. their teams. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Team so he, the bike changed in four weeks. He thought it was gonna be good. Uh, then he realized in practice that it was the wrong direction, but it was kind of too late. Thought he was gonna be okay in the motos. Maybe still wasn't good. So uh, a little bit of a. a do-over. I mean, where uh, do, where does he? What's his best finish this year? Like, where do you think he can finish um, going forward? Five races left. I, I think you just can't forget that he was so good at Glen Helen. You just can't. Discredit that. I know. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I, I think he can podium. You know, I, for example, at Glen Helen, he was battling with like Amart, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see why he wouldn't be in that group. And Amart is a right. borderline podium guy at every event, so I don't see why he can't do that. Think about what you just said. Amart is a borderline podium guy. <laughs> no, it's not even surprising anymore. No, it's I don't. It's just no. it is what it is. Yep. I'm not even. It doesn't blow my wig back. I don't, no, my no. wig is just completely attached. <laughs> You're right. You got to get point of that. Um, all right. Anything else? Anything else? No. Okay. What do we What do we expect from this can at Millville? Just prediction wise, what happens? Well, I, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's going to be good for him. No. I mean, I mean, Mathis, you said the key word, man. I don't know if it's one word or two or a compound word, but it's downhills because that's where he said it hurt him. He, Pulling, wrist didn't hurt, you know, wheeling and whoops and all that, but yeah. going downhills. Speaking of but going downhills, though, what about, his, crap, what, got what about his pass? What about Marvin's pass on the first lap on Jeremy? Uh, Jeremy or Alex? 
Jeremy. Oh, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't real thrilled with that. <laughs> wow. Balls out right there, bro. That I actually, was... yeah, I was, watching, uh, I was watching the race with our amateur uh, support guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, <laughs> I actually said, I'm like, if I'm Jeremy Martin in the next turn, I hit him wide open. <laughs> it was balls out. Yeah, Jeremy was even like, oh, I don't know what he was really thinking there. But yeah, I probably would have had some choice words on television and got myself in trouble. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know like what his injury is, you know. But yeah, he, he's only got a week off. But thankfully, a week off. You know what I mean? It could be worse. He could be going to Millville this weekend. But yeah, this could be this could be a big turning point. Uh, what is he four down? Is he seven down? What? How many points is he down? Now? I think it's. I thought it was six or seven. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I think it's seven. Okay, so he's got you a. Know what, uh... Does it help or hurt, JT, that this is Millville's almost a write-off? Uh, <clears throat> like, the chances – I can't imagine Moosecan was thinking, Millville, I'm just going to beat Martin. Like, if he gets a 3-3 or something at Millville, could he potentially be a little bit more okay with that? Because what the hell, it's the track the kid literally owns. Does that help a little bit? Yeah, what I'm scared of, though, is that he's going to go, like, 5-5. Right. Or something right. similar. Because I think if he's, I think if he's a hundred percent, then you can walk him into like a two-two or two-three or a three-two. Yeah, uh, depending on what Webb does. Well, but going yeah. into this now, it it has the potential. You know, if, if he throws another seventh out there or something in a moto, and and Jamar goes one-one, uh, yeah. it starts to look not all that great. The only thing is, is like, yep. I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but I seem to remember Cooper Webb's. I mean, Cooper Webb won a moto at. Uh, Millville last year, and I think it was straight up beating Jeremy Martin with Jeremy all over him, right? So, um, and that's Jeremy's place. They're, actually, he's there right now with Alex and Phil. They're riding Millville. Um, right. But, uh, you know, you know, that's Marvin's. Marvin's got to hope Webb can do it. Because I don't think there's any chance Marvin's beating Jeremy, but maybe his, Jeremy's teammate can keep the point gaps a little closer, you know. But, yeah, I mean, the, the best-case scenario for Marvin is to lose only six points. 2-2 two, two via a 1-1. One, one. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, But, look, Washougal's coming up. That's It's easy on the wrist. Well, I guess there's some downhills there, too. But um, And then Unadilla. So, You've got two two good ones. you got one more bad one and then two good ones. Yeah. And then I think the last two are pretty neutral. So yeah. he's got to do everything he can damage control-wise at Millville. Um, just so just the picture's not bleak going into those, you know, his yeah. good it, – it, you know, things look pretty decent leaving Millville. I think that's going to be a huge relief for him going into two races where I feel like he's going to be extremely confident. Uh, and then just that, just the mental outlook leaving Millville can can swing wildly depending on how Millville goes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, give me Barsha's... I love how we're just assuming, and rightfully so, there's just as good a chance that Webb actually works to hurt his teammate in the points than help. I don't think Webb's pulling over. I don't know. No, no, he's definitely not pulling oh, over. Oh, okay, okay. No. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's what I mean. Oh, like, I yeah. think legitimately we know if Cooper Webb can go in and win those and win the moto and cost Jeremy Martin points by winning the moto, he does not care. He just wants to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, would you think – I would think Yamaha would step in at the last round. That's when they would step in and be like, look, hey, Coop, you know, if Jeremy's behind you and we, we need the help, can you do it? But that's it. Does McCarty get out there with the board like that? Oh, that's right. They're the originators. They are. Yep. Um, they are the originators. No, I think that I think that goes on. I think that talk would happen if they needed it at the last round. Do you think that? Do you think that 
they would take the rear wheel off like they did Boniface, like Larry Brooks did to Boniface. I thought it was a front. I thought it was a front wheel, but anyways, yeah, a wheel. Um, no, I don't think they would do that. No, I do not. But uh, maybe they bench him, a la JMB. Oh, okay. Where, where Dave Arnold says you have to help us, and Bale says I'm not helping anybody, and Dave Arnold said oh, you don't have to race, and Bale goes, can I still get paid? And they go, yeah, and he goes, okay. <laughs> that was according to Dave Arnold how the conversation went. That's so. a pretty solid deal, though I have to say. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, you, what kind of threat is that? You need to help Kudrowski. <laughs> no, I will not. We're not. We can't let you race. Okay. Will I still get paid? Yes. Okay. So. What kind of threat is that? We're going to let you have the day off, and you don't have to do anything. <laughs> right. But we will pay you. Yeah. So that's a very that, that's a very French that's a very French policy right there. <laughs> yeah, really, right? <laughs> so, so I don't have to work, and you're going to pay me? Okay, no problem. Yeah, sweet, fantastic. <laughs> Does I I just go back to though? I remember when Porcel and Connard were going down to the last round um, five years ago, and previously we had seen. Matt Walker and the Alessis and everybody on ProSort did get involved and get into it. Um, so the accusations of what type of team tactics ProSort was going to use on Kennard were just out the window and through the roof coming into that day of power. And then Dean Wilson just won both motos, won one, never looked back, never even thought about who was behind him. Yeah. And I said to Mitch after that, I'm like, hey, so did you talk to your guys about, like, hey, if you're in the lead, we're going to let you know what's going on? He's like, nope. Yeah. They just raced straight up. Mitch is, yeah, he's all about, he's, he's definitely, yeah, he, he doesn't like that very much. So, um, Okay, let me ask yeah. you this. Uh, look, obviously we don't have the DeLorean. We can't go into the future. But uh, Barsha's 19 back of Roxon with five races left. Weege, does Barsha catch and pass Roxon for second in the points? Uh, I vote no. Um, I still think you're going to see a couple. Kenny's had some bad motos. I, I can still see nothing crazy, but I can yeah. see whatever. Marsh has a first-turn crash or something weird. Right. Um, to, and, and to make up 19 points, you know, if one yeah. bad moto, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I, I still see that type happening. I agree. I think Kenny holds it on. What do you think, JT? Uh, I think I think he'll stand second. I think, uh, I think Roxman still has winning to do. This summer, um, I don't think Barsha. I, I still think if it, if we recounted the, the points to zero right now, I, I think Roxon would beat Barsha the rest of the way. You think Barsha? Barsha would, yeah, yeah. If you if you put him at zero, right? So yeah, if you, if you reset out all the points, I still think Roxon would finish ahead of Barsha in points. Okay. All right. Uh, I BT- feel like when it comes to Ken Roxon, everyone who could be held accountable needs to protect themselves. Be careful of saying anything too negative. Because at some point this year, next year, at some point, Kenny's going to be really good and dominant or win titles or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be on record as panicking and saying there's major problems and whatever you want to say. You have to be careful. He's just too good, and I don't think that team is a joke. It's going to work out pretty well at some point. So you just have to be careful of being too negative on it. I'm sure a lot of people already are like, already jumped off that ship, but. Yeah, be careful. No, I, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I, but I do, I mean, I'll stand by what I said earlier. I think next year's big for him. Next year's big. He's got a, oh, yeah. you know, you, you can have a bad year. Injuries happen, crap happens, but uh, yeah. you can't switch to a new team and a new bike and, you know, all of a sudden go from winning, 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 winning 
World Championships, 250 Supercross, 250 Motocross, uh, whatever, 450 Motocross, to, to, to having two years where you're just beset with problems, you know? So that's, right. all. that's all. No, I agree. But I'd say that I'd give it 90% chance that next year is going to be really good and right. 10% chance it's going to be really bad. Yeah, so be I, careful. I, I think I'd agree with you. Bad now, is, is Porcel yeah. racing Supercross next year? I haven't had a chance to catch oh, up with him. I did ask him that. I, I think it's, oh, no? No, I have, no. no not yet. I haven't, I haven't had a chance yet. No. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he uh, he said they're very close. He's, he's even hoping he might know by uh, Millville. Mm. Uh, I don't think he'll know by then for sure, but the point is it sure seems like all signs are pointing in the, the direction. So, in other words, it's just a matter of when this happens right. or when right. it gets announced, right. not if. And Marty Davalos? Yeah. Do we have a Marty Davalos update? Anyone? No? <laughs> no. But then some solid laps at the practice track. Well, yeah. He's riding, right? His gear's on point. I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. All right. BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Wygant uh, for all of it. JT for most of it. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And we'll, we'll talk soon. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? 
The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go.